oyentes, nos está bien para nuestra entrevista de día para Awe. Awe, nos tiene señora Clemencia Eugene. Está un experto arriba terreno de investigación para mucho. Uh, good morning and welcome in the program. Good morning and thank you for having me here today. Uh, do I say Miss Eugene or Miss Clemencia? Miss Eugene is good. Miss Eugene is good. Okay. Um, first of all, welcome in the program. And uh, I think you can imagine um, that we invited you because of a result of an investigation that you did. Can you describe first uh, your role in, in this uh, whole uh, research? I am um, doing the research as part of my PhD trajectory, but it is really for the social crisis plan at the time. Um, the approach, well, UNICEF approached the University of Aruba to conduct a research about the scope of child abuse after the death of the two little boys in November 2017. Okay. And uh, you did this research since then, 2017, up till now? No, I actually collected the data in 2019. Okay, and now the report is ready. You presented it to the university. Yes, I presented it to the social services sector, also to the 11 participating schools. And I also made a presentation to the Minister of Social Affairs and the Minister of Education and the Department of Social Affairs. What does the result say? The Before I talk about the result, it's important to know that the results come from the lived experiences of the children. So these are 895 children that I interviewed from 11 high schools in Aruba. So the results reveal that 78.4% of the children experience abuse. In simple terms, it means that eight out of every 10 children in the sample experience at least one form of abuse. Eight of 10 children in Aruba experience one form of abuse. Yes. Okay, so there are several forms. I, I measured five types. So I looked at physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, neglect, and children witnessing interparental violence at home. Okay, and uh, in the result, I read that the children, the female, the, the, the ladies, they are the child, they are those who are, most of the victims are female and not male. Is that true? Yes, um, the majority of, when we look at gender, more girls experience abuse than boys. But that doesn't mean we should not pay attention to our boys because it, there isn't a big difference between the, those, the boys and the girls. So for example, the, whereas, 57% of girls experience abuse, 42% are boys. So we could say that we need to pay attention to both boys and girls. Oh yeah. And the age? The age, I looked at children between the ages of 12 to 17. Okay, 12 to 17. So yes. these are teeners, these are teenagers that yeah. are becoming victim. And uh, 875 children? 895, that was the sample size, yes. That's a substantial amount. Yes. And it, does, it does say a lot about the result, the, the veracity of it, the, the truthfulness of the result. 
I, th- I, I want to say the results is true because these are children telling their own experiences because there are different ways to measure prevalence of abuse. You could look at incidents that is reported cases at the police or directive or they're at or bureau sustaining. So these are incidents. And usually it's the worst cases that get reported in those agencies. But here in my survey, these are children telling about their own day-to-day experiences. And hence the reason why it is much higher than the reports from Rosostenemi, for example. Okay. What else did you learn from the results? There were quite a number of things that I learned. I looked at the relationship between child maltreatment and human development. And by that I mean to what extent children who experience abuse really enjoy a good quality of life. And I use um, Martha Nussbaum's 10 human capabilities to measure development. And the results showed that the children who experience abuse, they do not enjoy those 10 indicators that are used to measure development. So it means that our children are there and they are not enjoying the optimum quality of life. The other thing that I found that was disturbing is that of the children who experience abuse, only one third of them seek help and receive help. What does that mean? It means that two thirds of our children or a large majority who have experienced abuse are out there in the community not receiving any help and they continue to live with the trauma. That's alarming. That is disturbing. Wow. Can you repeat that? Um, Two thirds? About two thirds of our children who experience abuse do not seek help, do not receive help for the abuse that they experience. Those tercera parte de nos muchenang nota busca atensyon y nota haya atensyon pe abuso ng kunanto pasating. Now, the authorities in Aruba, that means that they don't get a chance to give help also to the children. What, what do they say? Have you measured the amount of uh, attention, the, the, the amount of uh, cases that the authorities, the several departments of Aruba give to Child abuse? I do have the data on reported cases. I have not fully analyzed that as uh, uh, at this moment. But I want to say that Aruba has improved significantly since 2017. A lot has improved. A lot has changed in terms of improving the quality of services for children. So now, for example, we have signs of safety. All the agencies have one method of intervention. We didn't have that before those children died. We have Cotigoti Protection. Excellent. Finally, all professionals have clearly five steps that they can take when there is abuse that is brought to their attention. So a lot has been done, but a lot more needs to be done at the level of prevention. So we should not wait for a child to be abused, for the police to call, for us to then do something. That's intervention. That's curative. We need to do more to prevent abuse. And I think that's where the bulk of my recommendations come from. Okay, so the key learning points from this research uh, is prevention, proactive, so we can prevent that the two-thirds of child uh, suffer in silence. Absolutely. I like how you put it, suffer in silence. Yes. 
So while they are suffering in silence, the children are manifesting those behaviors in other ways in terms of misbehaving in school, maybe not paying attention, getting low grades, not doing the assignments. So the children do present the manifestations of abuse in other forms. And what do we do? Sometimes we diagnose them with ADHD, we diagnose them with autism, we diagnose them with conduct disorder or oppositional defiant disorder. But these could all be manifestations of the children saying, I need help. I need help. Something is happening in my life. So that's why I'm talking about we need to focus a lot about prevention. And if a child presents those so-called diagnoses, instead of asking what is wrong with the child, we need to ask what happened to the child. Yes. And if we answer the question what is happening to the child, we may very well recognize it is because of some kind of maltreatment at the home that has been manifested in those behaviors. Earlier you mentioned about uh, ch- children and uh, teenagers uh, enjoying life. Mm. Point is, did you, did you measure or notice or does the evidence indicate that wealthy families have less cases and poor families have more cases of various abuses? That's a very interesting question. What I found is that children who come from lower socioeconomic status, they were more likely to experience neglect and they were more likely to witness domestic violence at home. I found that children who had parents who had a bachelor's degree or higher level of education, there was less violence in the home. And I also found that children who... um, lived with parents, with single parents, they were kind of more likely to experience neglect, maybe because they were left alone. And you would well be imagined a single mother doesn't have much time to spare at home. Maybe they have to go to free jobs, so the children are left unattended. So these were the, some of the sociodemographic indicators that I found that were related to abuse. Now, what are the what's next? Let me ask that question after presenting this at the University of Aruba. That's a very good question. The thing about child maltreatment, it is complex and there is no one single solution. So solutions have to be multiple and also complex. And it requires all the different sectors to play a role. I am an advocate for, well, I have many recommendations, but there are two that I want to talk about a little bit. One has to do with intergenerational family program. Here's my argument. I argue that child maltreatment has been in existence as long as the human race. That's number one. And I will go further to say that what is the source of violence that we resort to violence in discipline our children? And I say it's more than a parent who is single. It's more than a parent who is poor. I think it's a learned behavior from generations of violence. So here's my argument. Every country in the world, every island in the world was birthed by violence and brutality. Think of Africa, think of Asia, think of Europe. World War One, World War Two. Think of the islands, think of enslavement. Every country, think of the Middle East, even as we speak. So my argument is this thing called violence 
I think this thing is endemic in our DNA. It's a learned behavior based on structural violence in the whole existence, the geopolitical existence of countries. And I'm saying if we really want to stop all kinds of abuse, let's take an intergenerational approach. What do I mean by that? I mean... Introspecting? Not that. I mean, working at it one generation at a time. So if a child is reported to be abused, we work with the parents and we do parenting education. For me, parenting education changes the the parent at a pre-conscious level. It doesn't address the deep-rooted cause of abuse. So I'm saying we need to bring in a room that child and every probable generation we could find from great-grandparents, bring them in a room and over a period of time with many lessons and topics and healing and reconciliation, it may even mean going to the cemetery and ask for forgiveness, going to the cemetery to reconcile to those persons that have done children wrong in our generations and everybody in that generation because of this one child that was reported to be abused, makes the commitment never, never again. Now, those two children that died, that caused the research to begin, uh, that type of abuse, if, if we can compare, you saw this type of abuse repeating also in the other cases? Absolutely. It was a case of neglect. It was a case where, I have to be cautious what I say because I don't have all the details based on what I read in the mm -hmm. newspaper, that the parents were chemically dependent. It was a case where they were It's teen. multiple types multiple, of abuse. Yeah. Multiple types of abuse. And there was also physical abuse as well. Yeah. So, and where did it come from? So what do we hear? That both the mother and the stepfather, they themselves were victims of abuse as a child. They themselves were part of the system as a child. Mm. And their parents were. And maybe their grandparents were. So here's my argument. Yeah. We need to deal with it intergenerationally. So all the generations that form part of that family should be part of the intervention process. Should receive treatment yeah. so that everybody commits never never again will they use that kind of violence or they themselves use abuse that puts them in an alternate state of reality to abuse their children so that's one of the recommendations i look forward to implementing okay. and there are others with regard to what the schools can do to better support okay. our children did you manage to compare Aruba data with other islands and, and measure, okay, Aruba is doing so much worse or comparable? That's a good question. I use the same instrument that was used in the Netherlands and in Suriname. And Suriname is much higher than Aruba in terms of violence. And in the Netherlands, it's very much lower. So whereas the prevalence is 8 out of every 10 in Aruba, in the Netherlands, the range is between 27 to 30. So you're talking about 3 out of every 10 children experience abuse in, in, in the Netherlands. That's very low. Very, very low compared to... We should find out how come it's so low. 
they have more resources. They don't have the same geopolitical history that we have. Um, they do have, when, when I look at the results, it suggests that the causes of violence in, in the Netherlands is coming from first generation migra- migrant population. Yeah. So they tend to abuse their children more. I want to talk, I want to just mention one thing very quickly that I found interesting in the study, that the majority of the children are going to their teachers and to their mentors for help. And they are receiving help from the teachers and the mentors in the classroom. So I really want to honor the teachers and the mentors. Here in Aruba. Here in Aruba. That's where they are getting help. They are going to the teachers and to the mentors and they are receiving help. So we really need to honor those teachers and those mentors who are listening with an empathetic ear and to they, the children. They can help, they can help that they get help faster. Yes, because there's somebody that they trust, you know. Yeah. So that's very interesting and we really need, and that, what does that mean? We need to go into the schools yeah. for prevention. I hope that will happen very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Miss uh, Clemencia, Eugene, thank you very much. Uh, and uh, it's so interesting talking to you, um, but we have little time today. But uh, I want to uh, allow you to say something to the community at the closure of our interview. Okay. In closing, I just want to thank all the schools and the parents and the children who participated in the survey. I want to honor teachers and mentors who are doing an excellent job in listening to the children who come to disclose their childhood adversities. And I just want to say to all the social workers who are working in Aruba, you're doing a great job. Continue to protect our children. Okay, thank you very much. Tabata Senhora Clemencia Eugene, que ainda arrasou seu PhD fazendo investigação aqui na Aruba e esse Fernandiato Papia Panamense Aruba tem que vai tomar passo na proactivo para evitar que mais muita, mais jovem não está sofrendo na casa de vida familiar. <música>